Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. My guy, Big Dave Watson, he is at BAM! BAWL Sports. Face. Will the Go Gottlieb back in studio after some Bulls home game actions. He is Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter. We are CHO underscore Bulls. And filling in for our guy Joey, it's our other guy, Kevin Wells, on the controls. Kev, what up, man? How What's are you? guys? Good to be back with you. Happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Appreciate it. Where, where, just real quick, where are you on the Bulls fans throwing the dumpster fire into a different dumpster giving up on the season we haven't talked with you in a while well i know i saw a stat today they were 36 and 29 through this point of last season seven games behind that now mm-hmm. i'm not ready to give up i think pat bev what he did with minnesota i'm gonna hang you're on. a believer think, in playing rare I'm not, I'm not calling it a, like a win for the season i there this team has a roster that should not be in the play-in by any means but i think Correct. they can win the play-in tournament with their roster yeah I think come they can turn on, it off. we found a believer you guys come on i didn't man. think there were any left i knew there was one for my side Dude, Dude, I, I, no it has been ugly man. uh it's been w- real ugly. will were you on the on the line with us yes last night's post game when manuel threw in the towel officially yeah that was how the you know. biggest optimist of our our that's how you know. regulars he says how you know that's how you know things are real bad um okay so bulls are off today we wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about this recent trend we've seen of zach levine's numbers really surging uh after the all-star break in particular but even in the back half of the season compared to the first you know the first month or two of the season and then this also simultaneous recent downturn of DeMar's numbers and mm-hmm. what those mean and how they coincide. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into all, all sorts of that conversation later on in today's show. But we wanted to start with uh, something a little silly that happened elsewhere in the NBA yesterday. Dave, you wanted to talk about this. Yes. Um, I didn't watch that Bucks wizards game. I assumed it would be a Bucks route. It actually ended up being a fairly close game. True, it did. Bucks won, I believe, 117-111 was the final. Mm-hmm. But it's what happened at the tail end of that game. Mm-hmm. when uh, And our producer, Kevin, is going to throw the link to this uh, into the comments in case any of you guys missed it and don't know what we're talking about. He grabbed his ninth rebound of the game on the Wizards' final possession. Mm-hmm. Wizards had lost. Mm-hmm. He then drove across to the other side of the court, Mm -hmm. and then in the final seconds, tossed the ball up off the backboard to himself Mm -hmm. to catch it to then give himself his 10th rebound Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. Mm triple-double. 
lots <laughs> of debate started sprouting up over NBA Twitter yeah. with people either saying, good for Giannis, get that triple-double, or that's bogus, mm-hmm. that shouldn't count. Before we get to what later transpired today as far as how the league ruled this, <laughs> right, right. what do you guys think about this? I know how I feel. I want to know how you guys feel. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> don't I care. I to tell you, but I, I do not you. care. Who like? Okay, so who does this affect? Mm-hmm. Betters probably fantasy mm-hmm. basketball players. Sure, but like because you can't bet losing, on players getting triple doubles or like points, rebounds, assists, overs, unders. Mm-hmm. Like either way, somebody's losing mm-hmm. on that or not. It just doesn't really make that big a difference to me. It reminds me of a, uh, I think probably like the year two thousand two or something like that. Bobby Sura did that. He had like. Two straight triple doubles. You remember this? Bobby Sora. The and man then how's that Bobby for a third reference out here, son? And then he like tried to do it in a third straight game and did exactly this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got wiped. But yeah, I, I don't really care. Okay. I care. Okay. Tell me um, why. Dave and, cares. And I care. I have thoughts. And it's not so much an indictment on Giannis. I, I did, for that point, for that part, I don't care. You know what I mean? Overall, doing that, it doesn't bother me. This is what bothered me is that no one was outraged because I remember specifically the outrage that Ricky Davis got when he did the exact same thing. You're right. I remember the outrage when he did that. I remember Jerry Sloan saying I was happy that Deshaun Stevenson tried to knock him out. And if I was on the court, I would have knocked his ass out too. You think it's a mockery of the sport? No. I don't think it's a mockery of the sport. I think it's a cheap way to get a triple-double. <laughs> I don't think it's a mockery or, or a sham or any of that of the sport. But I, I'm just upset because of the, the lack of the outcry that I saw Ricky Davis. He lost his career off of that. I don't think it, so. Ricky Davis had like a 12-season NBA career. That no, didn't bro, define him. It t- yes, it did define him. Oh, my God, did it define him. And I'm glad you said that. <laughs> And this is, why I, this is why I went and researched more, just so I could back up my point that I'm trying to say here. If you go look up articles on this, on Ricky Davis, you'll see headlines like, Ricky Davis had the most embarrassing triple-double in NBA history. Even if you go, this, this is my favorite one from... from That's I literally the title of an article, by the way. <laughs> I'm looking title. up right now. Ricky okay. Davis had the it's most the embarrassing triple-double in the NBA. All right, here's one, actually, if you go inside and you read it, this is what was said. In the face of a national outcry, remember that, a national outcry, the Cavaliers fined him an undisclosed amount of money for unsportsmanlike conduct. Wow. The play led to him being nicknamed Wrong Rim Ricky. Wrong Rim Ricky. I remember that. Yeah. That's what he became after that. There's another article. That was on his own basket. Yes, on his own. I remember it well. Yes. Does that change at all for you? Doesn't change none of it for me. Okay. Not a drip drop of it, dog. It don't change what none of it for me. What if he had accidentally made it on his own basket in an attempt to miss it and get a rebound? Would have been hilarious. Would have been hilarious. Would have been absolutely hilarious, and they still would have lost their minds about this. The one, well, actually, I want to let you finish. Uh, this is one, one more I have to read because he did an a, a interview with Bleacher Report about this. And the article even it talks about the first thing it states in the headline is he apologizes for it and wants one more chance in the league. In the article, it says, this is what, as Davis his regrets, and he lists that as one first. It branded him a knucklehead, a label that became hard to kick. That's hurting your career. When you're branded and labeled as that, you don't want that on your team. So you took, went in his pockets and you find him, 
And then you branded him like that as a knucklehead, which hurt him having more years in the league, in the NBA, in that sense. That is trash to me because I remember, oh, my God, people are losing their minds. Oh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen in the NBA. I can't believe he would do that. Giannis comes out here and does this. Oh, Giannis. Oh, I got a chuckle. I <laughs> got a chuckle from you, Giannis. It's okay. That's the, it's not fair. And that's my problem with it. But, I just wanted the outcry. Okay, but so you're so that happened when he was playing with the Cavs. Mm. That's what you're saying? Because he was the team fined him for doing that? They fined him. After he played with Cleveland, he had eight more years in the league. He could have had more. Two seasons with Boston, uh-huh. two seasons with Minnesota, a season mm-hmm. with Miami, two mm-hmm. seasons with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. It didn't end his career. It I said it hurt his career. I said it hurt it. It definitely hurt it because he's in the article, the police report, begging for an opportunity to get back in the league. It hurt so, him. If you're labeled a knucklehead or somebody who is it, that's going to hurt your appearance in the league. That also hurts your money that you can get in the league. It definitely hurts your pockets. So I don't know what he was paid, but I guarantee you that it was a couple dollars less than probably he might have gotten if, that didn't, if they, this whole thing didn't go down like that. I just don't think it was fair. To him, if you're gonna treat him that way, I'm gonna need Giannis to get some of that hate too. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but Ricky Davis is not on the same plane of superstar icon that Giannis is. Yep. I feel like plenty, majority of people are very easily quick to look the other way on that and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. ha ha, Giannis," because it's Giannis. Yes, Ricky Davis was a journeyman. Yes, his entire career. A journeyman's going to get ragged for that harder than a superstar's right. going to get ragged Wait, for that. Wait, 88 Key said, I said it was career-ending. Then I apologize. If I said that it was career-ending, that's not what I meant by it. Because clearly he had more years in his career. But it hurt his career. It definitely but, hurt but that you, man's you, career. You are insisting upon career-defining. That's, yeah. what, that's what you it think. It was clearly defined. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they put it in here. They look, wrong Rim Ricky. That's your name. You're done. You know what I'm saying? That's who you are, dog. I don't know what else he could have had. The man still wanted to play. He still wanted to be in the NBA. I don't know what else he still had or what he could have done and things like that, but all I know is that's how he was labeled, and that's who he was. He got fined, bro. He got fined for it. They he took also money from him. made $42.8 million in his mm-hmm. NBA career. You know what's the point? Because could have made 45 Could have made 50 You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he was broke. I'm saying it hurt that. You, It definitely hurt that, bro. It hurt that, for real. So, it definitely but, hurt. So, I mean, are, do you honestly – Want National Giannis outcry. to have had that same level of outcry. I wanted fairness in it. Okay. I wanted the same people who That's feel that way about it. I don't want to turn on sports and see them laughing about it. Because it wasn't a laughing matter then. It was dead serious. It was a <laughs> national outcry to the point that they had to find him. That is a problem. That's saying, dude, that this is a big deal. This is an issue. Can't believe it hurt the integrity of the team. Because they did the same thing. As far as I'm sure you're going to get to in a second, to him, yeah. you know what I mean? They took it away. Yeah. You know what I mean? They said, nope, we're going to take that away. We're going to not, you, this is not a triple double. You can't have that. I get that. But I'm just saying, they went in that man's pockets that is, and took money from him, man. That's trash. That is absurd. But it also, I think, kind of makes my point, which is that, like, why should this matter? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter for Giannis. <laughs> it also shouldn't matter for Ricky Davis. That was a complete overblown story. Mm-hmm. 
So I think yeah. it's kind of the same same thing. Completely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like, oh my God, it's a basketball reference. Yes. Yeah. His his <laughs> nickname, it. Wrong that's Rim it. Ricky, is yeah. it's not the first one listed. He's uh-huh. got like four or five different nicknames right. on B-Ball Ref, but that one is there. That's I it, checked bro. earlier today. That's who he is, bro. Um because I, I remember that the, there was a nickname and I couldn't quite remember exactly how it was phrased. Yeah, it's wrong rim wrong rim Here's Ricky. The other thing, triple doubles are way more common now in sure. the NBA. And Correct. I think that probably adds to like Triple doubles were like this incredibly rare thing that, you well, know, just didn't happen in and 2004. If you, mm-hmm. guys but now were, it's like Russell Westbrook's averaging a triple double. But when Russ had that season, when he averaged one and was the first person to do it since Oscar, yeah, people made a big deal of it. Sure. And then there were other people, NBA fans, NBA tours, they, eh, what's a triple double? It's just like a made-up thing when you so have double-digit stats it in is. these three categories. And that is true. It's a totally arbitrary, random, made-up thing. Instead of it, something d- it only exists in like the stats that we make up as mm-hmm. stats, um, like every stat ever. But <laughs> a lot of people said it, it's hard to do that. Yeah, clearly, man. like hadn't been done since Oscar Robertson. It's clearly hard to do that. It's an easy way to say, "Wow, that dude had a night." If you look, and he had a triple double. Yeah, it's very easy to do that. Some people have an issue with stat padding. What Giannis did yesterday is the definition of egregious stat padding. <laughs> There are different ways to stat pad, and some yeah. of it I don't care about, and some of it I think is silly and stupid. I'm like, I'm glad that the league rescinded that. I did. I am Which, too. Will you you uh, sent us that tweet that uh, Zach Lowe had the update today, saying the league rescinded Giannis's tenth rebound and thus his triple double. League rules say that for a field goal attempt to count as official, the player has to shoot quote with intent to score mm. a field goal, i.e., make the shot, which Giannis was not doing. It's. It, it was stat padding. Yeah. He was trying to cheat his way to a triple-double, and the league said, not so fast. Fine. Yeah. Well, also, the difference, I think, with Ricky Davis is that shots on your own rim are not technically called shots. Right. They don't technically qualify as shots. So even if, even though he did get the rebound, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been a rebound because it wasn't a shot. Correct. And they yeah. took it away immediately. It took it away immediately. Immediately. And then tried it's to, all ridiculous. Tried Who cares? But, but again, it's like so random and arbitrary. Nobody if, should care about any of this. If, if Giannis had put the ball I up did. off the backboard, but also like make contact with the rim and it still missed and he mm-hmm. grabbed it. Would mm-hmm. they have been like, Oh, well he was maybe trying. No, I mean, he was clearly just killing the clock and wanted to make one more rebound. Would it been, let me ask this. Would it been a different kind of outcry if he actually went up and scored? See, that's a different kind of outcry because that's what, what do you do in Duncan or laying the ball up when the game is over? And a lot of players have an issue with that. So it'd be more, you think it'd be more issue with that or with this? I think with that, with that? I, I think more people would take exception to a player. We see that all the time, yeah. especially vets. If a younger player is doing that at the end of a game, they'll go up for some crazy dunk or whatever. The game's over, mm-hmm. running out the final seconds of the clock. Say, hey, you know, that's showboating. We don't, we don't do that. It's an unwritten rule, right? Yeah, I'm I think so more people would have an objection rules. to that <laughs> than Giannis just throwing just the ball off the backboard <laughs> to himself to try to get a 10th rebound. Oh, man. Okay. Which I think most people don't give a crap about. They don't. They don't. Ban Look. unwritten rules. <laughs> that's in every sport. Just get rid of them. All Here's, of them? Get them out? All of them. All right. Here's Who my cares? question, though. I mean, Will, you mentioned earlier the, the, like, the gambling element to this, the fact that Triple doubles are things that people bet on on sports gambling sites mm. uh, or, you know, over-unders um, on rebounds. Mm. When they initially ruled it a rebound mm-hmm. and all of those betting sites made their calculations and their payouts, people who bet on Giannis having a triple-double or people who bet on Giannis having 10-plus rebounds, <laughs> did they get their payouts and then just get to run away? The and fine... Then- 
from Ricky Davis's fine is paying for all those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to think, though. Or people who got hosed the other way, where it's like, oh, man, I took you know Giannis under nine and a half rebounds or whatever. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know what the answer to that is. And shout out to uh, uh, my guy, uh, Ricky O'Donnell, who wrote a great article about it. Yeah. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Putting the fire to it. And I appreciated that. So shout out to him. About Ricky Davis? Yeah, about, about Giannis and how ridiculous what he did was. And yeah, and he threw in a Ricky Davis one also because he was like, Ricky Davis made him laugh. He was like, but Giannis's was just bizarre. <laughs> he was like, here's, it was a here's the way I'll phrase it. I think that the backlash that Ricky Davis got, and I didn't really know about it, so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you enlightening me on it. I think that is absurd. Shouldn't have happened. Completely. But I also think that there should also be no backlash for Giannis, which I think the same thing you're saying. It should be yeah, fair both I'm ways. I'm talking, yes, exactly. I just think nobody should care about that either way. Yes, I'm with you. And it's wrong that Ricky Davis got. Yeah, I'm blocked. with you. I'm just saying, like you yep. just said, I just wanted the fairness on, on both sides of this, man. And that's they, my version of fairness. That's nobody your, cares. Yes. Nobody pay attention. <laughs> nobody looks. The game's already over. Garbage time doesn't count Everybody anyway. Everybody go to sleep. <laughs> These guys right. should shoot the ball, you know, when there's two seconds left and there's mm-hmm. a heave situation and they're mm-hmm. cowards for not doing it. Like, all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true indeed. Uh, one of our regulars, shoot Jeff Rocks, in the comments said, bro, Ricky Davis didn't make it in the league because he couldn't play not because he was <laughs> clown for stat pad that's not entirely true it's not entirely Even true at all. Journeyman, if you play 12 that's a cute, that's a cute line NBA but it's not seasons? true <laughs> it's he, he played 12 NBA, 20 also years. i was gonna say games, the bro. season before lebron got drafted by he the Cavs, he averaged 20 a game for that Cavs yeah. team. oh i remember it very well dog no, and then no. he also flirted with 20 points per game a couple other seasons in his Trust career not really he, he could play ball i ain't saying he was out there you know what i'm saying on this kind of Giannis level, you know what I'm saying? But the dude, you don't last that long in NBA not being able to do something good. Right. You know what I mean? He wasn't trash, bro, at all. Uh, um, our, our guy McBaconator throwing us a super chat. Shout out to you saying hey. cheating is bad or whatever SpongeBob said. <laughs> is SpongeBob the most known person for having a phrase about cheating and how you shouldn't do it? For some reason, I think Kevin knows this answer. I'm I'm racking my brain. I know a ton of SpongeBob references. I don't know what he's really. Doing. I was right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got no idea, guys. I was completely. I knew he'd have. We always on rely on our younger producers yeah, to it. know SpongeBob. The man said, I know a ton of SpongeBob. I mean, I'm going through the Rolodex in my brain. Nothing. It couldn't come up with it. Oh man. Yeah, so hey, I don't know. I don't know uh, McBaconator. I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the five bucks, though. Appreciate you feel it. Yeah, we'll take that. It. We'll take that. All day also, long. you know, cheating might be a little harsh of a word. Yeah, it's not cheating. He's, right? You know, he's <laughs> stretching the truth. Stretching yeah, the truth. <laughs> kind of, you know, working the system <laughs> a omitting little bit. Omitting facts. Strategically <laughs> omitting facts. <laughs> It's only cheating if you get caught. I mean, and like, dude, Russ got a lot of flag for stat padding that season too. When he oh, averaged Steven a Adams double. is letting him get the rebound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who cares? He got the rebound. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that silliness. Um, Screen assist. I wonder, I wonder if Giannis count. will try and pull him, which done at any point the remainder of the season. But people, people care about those triple doubles, man. They do. I want the notes apology on Twitter. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many characters. He needs to make it a notes <laughs> apology. No. Too long, didn't read. Congrats, <laughs> or sorry that happened to you. My bad. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into some nitty-gritty Zach stats and DeMar stats and talk about it at Splash. length. That's why we're all here, right? Bulls talk. Um, while we are sharing some words from our friends and sponsors, do us a solid. Hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. Watching along with us on YouTube helps us out a lot, and we greatly appreciate it. Of course, also make sure you are subscribed to that CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Mm-mm. Today's episode of CHGO Bulls Pod brought to you guys 
by FOCO. Foco. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite Chicago teams. That's us fine folks at CHGO. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the Madhouse from the north side to the south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO. Maybe you're looking for uh, a gift for the football fan in your life, for the basketball or baseball fan in your life. FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Although, yet another beautifully warm early March day today. See, the gams are big out, man, baby. Big man's rocking the shorts. The gams are out. the shorts yesterday. Damn right. Mm. Watch party gams. Gams <laughs> alert. <laughs> I love that you call your legs gams. You don't remember they called it back in the day? No, I do. Okay, all right. The gams, man. You're the only <laughs> grown man I know who calls his own legs gams. I'm the only grown man you know that does a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I will just put that on the list. Mm-hmm. Just put that on the list. Uh, while you're admiring Big Dave's gams, head on over to foco.com and score yourself some amazing deals on some awesome merch and collectible. That's foco, F-O-C-O.com. You can also click the link in the description below for all non-presale items at checkout. Use promo code CHGO and you will get 10% off your order. That's promo code CHGO at foco.com. Dot com. I'm so glad the goat is right here. And also clean shaven. When, when did this decision happen? I'm curious. This morning. This morning. Yeah. Just looked and said. It's time. It's time. It's what he did. Walked her. It took me a second to figure out what it was. When he walked in, I was like, you look different. <laughs> also, younger. Also, a little younger. You know what else happened to him this morning? He had them 75 high quality Ooh. vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and old sweet baby face wheel. <laughs> Those adaptogens. Adaptogens. Oh, to help him start his day right. You know what it is. It's Athletic Greens. That special ing- special blend of ingredients that support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. All the things that your wonderful self is going to need. Costs you less than $3 a day. Cheaper than that cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. And you're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. Vegan. Dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. And to make it easy for y'all out there, yes, you, you the one, you make it easy for you. We're going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D and one, two, three, four, five of them free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls. That's athletegreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance because it's Athletic Greens. You scoop it, you dump it, you shake it, you drink it. What you do, go? You feel it. You feel it. Boom. I saw Athletic Greens commercial watching TV today. Yeah. I was like, I, I did better than that. Every <laughs> other YouTube ad when I'm starting the beginning of a monetized YouTube video uh-huh. is Athletic Greens now. Really? Well, yeah, because, you know, I, I'm on their website right. every once in a while, like, updating the, you know, the details of my uh, subscription, my membership, whatever. Sure. And so my my phone and my computer both know that I use Athletic Greens. Mm. And so now every other YouTube ad is Athletic Greens. And I'm like, guys, you already got me. <laughs> I'm in. Already, I read ads for you on my <laughs> YouTube show. 
You and don't use need your this product. many. <laughs> They're just covering all their bases, Athletic Greens. They're just making sure you ain't going nowhere. All the time. They know who you are. All the time. It's not used to getting you on something a little healthier for you. They're probably so. shocked that I'm still yeah. using it several <laughs> exactly. months in. I, st- I, th- exactly. I, I want to say it was like early October. It was like yeah. right around the beginning of the bull season. Correct. You when did. I started up. And you're still with it, and I'm proud it's of you. It's like five months. Yeah, I'm proud five of you. Five months man. of healthy nutrients. I'm so proud of you. So many adaptogens. Yes, all that. Although, remember how I told you when we were sitting here yesterday watching the game? I don't know how it came up. I think I was giving Joey a hard time, and Portillo's came up, and I was like, ooh, Portillo's. Uh-huh. Did I stop at Portillo's on my way home after post game? Yes. yes, I did. Yes. I remember we came to that decision. He just needs that the that athletic greens to cancel it's it the, out. It's yes. the balance of the AG1 and the, the dipped beef and oh. cheese fries. <laughs> yes. So damn good. That's uh. the one? Uh, oh my god! Said that's the Big one. beef for the regular Italian beef, though. Uh, I just went with a regular last sure. night. You know, <laughs> <Keeping> <laughs> the but but a large cheese fry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we want to talk about Zach's stats and Demar's stats today, and this recent trend where maybe it appears that Zach is sort of finally taking that number one option role on this team, uh, which he had been he's mostly been playing second fiddle to Demar since Demar arrived last season. Yeah. Recent trends suggest that maybe this is finally starting to shift. Mm. Um, and, and Big Dave, I know that you wanted to talk about this today, and you had some uh, some stats and splits that you wanted to look at. Yeah, I've got a few more, but you want you want to start with Zach's trend up or Demar's trend down? We can kind of talk about them, you know, collectively. Oh, uh, let's start going up. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Let's go up first, man. Let's start with the good stuff. So Zach Levine, man, and the things he's been doing. So this is Zach before and after. Uh, the all-star break. You see before, you know, again, he was dealing with injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Knew that was happening. Uh, but just didn't look fluid. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the Zach that we knew. We said that before. Like, he's yeah, he's scoring because he's good. But right. it's just not the Zach that we know. You know what I mean? So you see the numbers, the 24, basically five rebounds, the four assists. The field goal attempts at, at almost 18, well, basically 18, 17.9. Right. And the 5.5 free throw attempts. Now – after Pat Bev cut there and tells him, don't ever pass the ball ever again in life. Well, Zach took that to heart yeah. and said, oh, you just want me to score? I'm feeling more, a little more healthy, feeling nice now. How about I do that? 31 a game, three rebounds, that number's down. 2.8 assists, that number's definitely down. But the field goal attempts are up, the 18.5 field goal attempts. And my favorite thing, the free throw attempts are up. You know, I've sat here and talked about endlessly about Zach Levine getting to the free throw line and how huge that is for a guy who is a scorer like that. So I went even further on it, and I looked up some stuff as far as his uh, free throws are concerned. Mm-hmm. His last two that's games. That's Watson. That's it. His last two games, he shot double-digit free throws. Do You know the last time Zach had back-to-back games where he shot double-digit free throws? I'm going to guess never. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. It was 2019, December. Oh. Of 2019, uh, he has done – he has back-to-back free throws, double-digit free throws in his career, back-to-back games, three times in his career. Wow. Three. Wow. Three. Three. Three times that has happened in his career. Don't even ask me about the three straight games of it because, obviously, you get a big fat zero on that one, man. It has never happened. That's why I'm so happy he's getting this recognition and getting to the line, man. I don't know what has changed. Because he's doing the same, he's he's still being aggressive. You know what I mean? That is still happening. We see him still getting there. He's just getting the calls now, and I'm just happy for him, man. Because that's how guys get those 50 point games. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the free throw line. 
Or an easy 30. Or easy 30. A simple 30. Even if you can look at Will Chamberlain when he scored 100, go look at his free throws. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, he hit that game. It was a lot of free throws that game. You know what I mean? You got to get there. So I'm just excited that he got that, man, because that hasn't been happening for Zach. So he's he's been playing great. He really has. I think it's it's also sort of a change in the way that the Bulls are running their offense. Mm. That's sort of what is allowing Zach to dominate the ball a little bit more. You look at, and I don't know if you have these numbers here, Matt, but you look at the usage, and you mm-hmm. can extend this back even further. I was looking at it dating back to February 4th, which was a game against the Blazers. Zach is, is averaging 29 points per game on basically 50, 40, 85, mm. and has a 30 usage rate. Mm-hmm. So 29 points, 53 from the field, 40 on threes, 86.6 on free throws. And his usage is over 30, which is mm. way higher than his season average, which is 28 now. Right. And that's obviously bumped up due to the fact that he's been so far over his average. So right. before that, it was probably around you know, 25, 26. So Meanwhile, so you, go ahead. DeMar's usage has gone down to 25 mm-hmm. from 30. Mm-hmm. So there's really this this sort of change in the way that the Bulls are running their offense. And obviously, field goal attempts, free throw attempts, uh, turnovers go into usage. But I do think that we're sort of witnessing this passing of the torch, so to speak, that mm. um, that I think we all kind of assumed would happen at some point or, or yeah. another between DeMar and Zach. But it's happening in a way at a time when it doesn't really like – it's not resulting in the wins that you might want to see associated with that. Right. Uh, so, you know, pre and post all-star break splits are easy to look at. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, for the sake of seeing Zach playing well, really, you know, earlier in February before the all-star break mm-hmm. uh, and DeMar kind of declining, I, like I was looking at those splits more specifically. So DeMar's usage percentage spanning from game one in October mm-hmm. through the month of January, his DeMar's usage was 29.1. In the games he's played in February and March, it's 25.2. DeMar's usage percentage has fallen by four points while Zach has increased. DeMar's Mm -hmm. pre-All-Star usage percentage, 28.1. As you mentioned, Will, Mm 31.6 in the six games he's played after the All-Star break is Zach's usage percentage. Mm -hmm. We are clearly seeing a shift here of Zach doing more and DeMar doing less. And Mm -hmm. I think I saw somebody in the comments earlier uh, you know, saying, you know, maybe whether, you know, whether it's DeMar's scoring coming down or his usage percentage coming down, does that have something to do with the fact that DeMar has now been the one playing through a nagging injury or mm-hmm. injuries where at the beginning of this season, it was Zach playing mm-hmm. through an injury or injuries and coming along. And we all knew that Zach had that slow start to the season that was so frustrating for everybody. Uh, that That could be an element of it, but again, it could also be something that is... Zach taking a a stronger, you know, a stronger hold on wanting to be that guy and maybe trying to take some of that load off of DeMar, which we've always wondered if that will ever come. Maybe this is finally that coming. And it's and it's wild because I was thinking that uh, when you said that about the injuries, because he, he's in a weird place where I don't know what to put it on, to be honest with you. Is is it the injuries? Is is it uh him getting older? You know what I mean? Or is it time? You know what I'm saying? Just just hitting him? Is it is it the defenses double teaming him more? You know, and getting the ball out of his hands? Like it's so many it's so many different elements. And it's funny because I've seen all of it. <laughs> you know, I've seen all of those things. 
be a reason why. So I can't put my finger on one thing for it. But I'm interested to know what those stats are in the fourth quarter, though, you know, as well, because that's not the same thing. It doesn't feel like it's those numbers are meshing in the fourth quarter. It feels like they go back to the regular of DeMar got it more than Zach does. And the first thing I think of is that Detroit game <clears throat> when he had, what, 36 mm-hmm. that he finished with? Going into that, when he had one field goal, you know, in, in that fourth quarter, you know, and it wasn't like teams were triple teaming him to not get the ball. He just wasn't getting the ball. Now, whether it was DeMar just saying, I'm DeMar DeRozan, or it was Billy Donovan not drawing up the right play to get Zach Levine the ball, bottom line is he wasn't getting the basketball. And I really needed him to because he was that hot. That dude could have had 50 uh, that game, man. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what that stuff is in the fourth quarter because I'm sure I'm sure it's a little bit of both. You know, DeMar like, no, dude, this is my time. I, I got it. You know what I mean? This is how I, I am. This is what I've been my whole career. But at the same time, I'm going to need Zach to get – more opportunity when he's cooking like that. You know what I mean? So I'm going to need to see what those numbers trend like in the fourth. Yeah, I think it's in some ways sort of a mentality thing. Like you watch Zach bring up the ball, and you can kind of just see him like he's going to the basket on this play. Mm-hmm. He's putting his head down and going getting a foul. Like he, I think that there's I, – I, I'm not sure if it has to do with wins and losses. I'm not sure if it has to do with like a power dynamic thing. I would guess not. But I think, you know, last year it was very much – Let's lean on DeMar because that's the most efficient way we're going to score down the stretch of games. And now I think there's questions about that. But I, I think in some ways it makes them more dynamic. It's harder mm-hmm. to guard a team when you don't know who's going to have the ball and where they're going to have it. Mm-hmm. It's harder to guard a team when you have a player who can score at all three levels and not just one or two. Mm-hmm. So I do think it benefits the Bulls in a lot of different ways. But ultimately, they need to play well off of each other. And I think... Mm-hmm they're still not there yet with that. Otherwise, the offense would not be in the bottom five. Yeah, Yeah. like honestly. Yeah, again, I point back to that fourth quarter, you know what I'm saying, about what you're saying and and how it clicking and how it should be working because he's right. Theoretically, it should be like that. But in that fourth quarter, it doesn't seem to be that. It just seems to be one thing and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ant in the comments saying the best thing about Zach taking over, DeMar can still be the king of the fourths. And look – they didn't win that game against the Pacers yesterday. Right. Uh, and, it, you know, when we were talking about it in postgame, it was frustrating that they couldn't pull off the win. But you saw Zach and DeMar both taking and making big shots yeah. late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Will, sort of like keep some level of unpredictability here. And I know some Bulls fans were upset about that final play and the fact that it ended up being, you know, like a tough, like, Vooch turnaround fadeaway three. But it was drawn up for Zach. It was not drawn up for DeMar. It was drawn up for Zach to be option one. Mm-hmm. And it, the more that they can do that, the better. But big picture, Will, you wrote about this and your thoughts on yesterday's loss. Correct. Check out his latest, allchgo.com. Mm. We've seen this crazy aggressive spike in Zach's efficiency and productivity as the Bulls collectively as a team are taking loss after loss and falling all the way out of the playoff picture. Do we think that there is some correlation to Zach being – this team's primary guy, the highest usage guy over DeMar, and the fact that they're losing. Because I would quickly reject that notion myself. How many times have we watched DeMar DeRozan put up 30-plus points and this team lose? That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly what I was saying. Same thing. (laughs) One, the record is there are seven games below 500. So it's not like they something was working that went away from it. Like, nothing's worked. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing this, this transition, to see if they can find something. It's like... Putting Derek Jones Jr. into the rotation. Like, something's not working. They need a spark. Let's try something new. And I think that's in part what this is. 
Um, yeah, on the one hand, it's hard for me to say best player plays well, so team is going to lose. You know, like that's just a, an equation that doesn't really make sense to me. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot more going on there. Yeah. And whether it's Zach or Damar or injuries or um, a shifting power dynamic or whatever it is, like I don't think that any one thing is resulting in these losses. I think it's sort of a, a combination of things. And at the end of the day, like I want to see Zach play at this level. This is the Zach that they, the bulls wanted. This mm-hmm. is the Zach that they signed for five years, $250 million. Like this is who he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And this is a really damn good player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really damn. And good. like for, for us to be witnessing this over an extended period of time. And by the way, he was playing really well in December too. He had the finger knuckle injury that I think, uh, set him back a little bit in January, but outside mm-hmm. of that, and like the the slow ramp up into the season, he has been phenomenal this year. Right. the The All Star break pre and post is a smaller sample size when you look at splits. Post All Star break has been six games. His December through the present, which is a forty four game sample size, his shooting splits jumped from forty to fifty mm-hmm. when you compare uh, October November forty percent to fifty percent, thirty four and a half percent to. 40% from three, and his true shooting percentage jumped from 53.2% to 62.9%. Mm. That is a much larger sample size of Zach balling out. And, oh, by the way, 20.9 points per game in October and November jumped to 26.1 mm-hmm. December through the present. Yeah, And it's, and it's a shame because so much has gone wrong for this team, and it's really masking the success that Zach's having, where – I mean, this is as good as Zach was before he hurt his knee, Mm -hmm. you know, during the first half of last year. This is as good as he's played probably ever. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. And it just seems like it's not really been a talking point because the Bulls got Pat Beverly. The Bulls have lost seven in a row. The Mm -hmm. Bulls haven't traded anybody at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. All this stuff that's sort of just, you know, putting negative air into the sales. And, you know, deservedly so. This, This situation is not great, but I think... Zach, if the Bulls have any hope of retooling or if they want to move DeMar and keep Zach around or if they want to trade Zach, whatever it may be, like, Zach playing well is very good for any possible outcome that you look at. No question about it. And I don't like the fact that DeMar has to be on a decline for him to rise. You know, I don't like because I need them to be on that same level. Um, for this team to succeed, because we we've seen it what, how good Zach has been, and we've seen we already seen how great Demar has been. Mm-hmm. But I need to see it at the same time, and I think that's really a thing that hurts it. Because again, like we point we all point out the thirty point uh, record, you know, when Demar scores thirty, yeah, you know, I'm sure Zach has a, a pretty similar record um, here with the team, but. I need to know what they're working when both of them are scoring 30. Yeah. You know, because that's something I'm not accustomed to seeing. Like, if he's got 32, does Zach have 36? Like, that's what I want. You know, and that's what this team is going to need from both of those guys is for them to both be at that level so this team can actually win. And I think the real struggle that we're witnessing right now is that it does feel like it has to be one right. or the other. Right. And, you know, for all of the continuity jokes that we've gotten off, for all of, you know – this team has competed well against good teams this year. Like it doesn't seem like the offense has flowed, has been as fluid as it needs to be in order for this team to be competitive. Mm. And you can look right at the 24th overall offensive rating to tell you just that Bam. those two guys need to be 
playing better off of one another because right now it does feel like it's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Luckily, Zach is playing as well as he is. Luckily, DeMar has played as well as he has. But to see this sort of like, you know, Mm -hmm. scale where it's one guy's doing the heavy lifting and the other guy, you know, there, I just feel like there needs, and I'm not saying I have all the answers or that like I'm diagnosing every single set that they're running and witnessing exactly what's going on here. But it does feel at times like it's give the mar- give the ball to Demar and let him cook, and after he's made his sh- two or three shots and then misses one, okay, now it's Zach's turn again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think you're going to be able to win that way. Yeah. They yeah. have to play off of one another. I feel like you were talking about this uh, not that long ago, Will, when we were doing post game on a night when there was actually a pretty good split as far as total field goal attempts from the Bulls' big three. Mm. And you were looking at it a little bit closer and saying, okay, well, so they all ended up between 15 and 20 shots, but it's, it's those, like those spurts, those stretches where it's like one quarter, it's all Damar and then another quarter, Mm -hmm. it's all Zach. And it's not like they're actually playing Mm -hmm. within the same system and successfully together. It's, they just have their own individual spurts of efficiency as an individual and that that is not ideal. Yeah. And I think at times, um, they have been put in actions like, for example, when Zach is screening and popping in DeMar pick and rolls, when he gets up as a screener and slips out of them to the three-point line, mm-hmm. that is an impossible play to guard mm-hmm. because you either have to send two at DeMar and prevent him from getting downhill to his spot at the elbow and leave Zach open, or you play him one-on-one and let DeMar cook, or you double Damar and Zach's wide open. It's right. like it is an impossible play to guard. But other than that, I don't really see a ton of offense where they are lifting each other up and making each other exactly. better. Exactly. It's like, all right, now I will do some work, and then, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to go to the bench. Now you do it. And I'm not sure why that is. I think there have been some really good actions between Vooch and Zach mm-hmm. where they make each other better. I think there have been some really good actions between Vooch and Damar where they're making each other better. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, those two guys, and it's it's too bad because in theory, on paper, you could find a way where those guys are just the Without perfect complements. Yes. Given their skill set, given the way Zach can shoot the ball and attack closeouts and get to the line and score at three levels and the way that DeMar can facilitate and the way that DeMar can attack closeouts mm-hmm. and the way that he can draw fouls. I mean, there's just, there has to be a version of this that works better, but we're almost you know, two years in, and it just has not seemed to click. 17 left and still ain't found it. Yikes. Um, All right, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll finish up taking a closer look at DeMar's numbers recently. And then I also kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what these trends, Zach up and DeMar down, could hypothetically mean for the Bulls if they look to move either or both of these guys in the Mm -hmm. offseason. We will do that coming up next. Hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already while we're sharing these words from our friends and sponsors, one of whom, of course, is our wonderful sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA, our official betting partner at CHGO. New customers, when downloading that DraftKings Sportsbook app, if you use promo code CHGO at sign-up, we'll get an incredible offer of making a $5 bet on any NBA action you want. Pick a game, any game. Any game? $5 down. $200 $200 is coming back your way in bonus bets instantly Not bad. if you use promo code CHO at sign up. Plus, of course, there's all of those incredible same game parlays that you can be making. 
Make one for Bulls Suns. Start thinking about it. Or no, not Bulls Suns. We already did that. Bulls Nuggets. Mm -hmm. Bulls Nuggets on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Plenty of time to think about it. Who's going off in that game? Is it going to be DeMar? Is it going to be Zach? Mm -hmm. Is it Jokic triple-double time? Probably. I don't know. Maybe he'll be done by the fourth quarter. He'll fall, fall shy of that triple-double. Either way, whatever your gut tells you, make that same game parlay at DraftKings Sportsbook because guess what? It's a no sweat. Same game parlay. If it doesn't hit, you're getting a bonus bet back. Boom. Do it. Sign up. What are you waiting for right now? DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't forget to use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get that incredible offer of $5 down for $200 in bonus bets. Instantly. Instantly. Do it. Yes. DraftKings Sportsbook. Do that. Matt Peck, what time is it? Game time. Who? You see that? On point. Ready to go. Oh. That's how it is. I dig that. That's awesome. I wanted that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I've got two shooters right here. You know what I mean? You ready? Well, I screwed it up the last time. Yeah, I know. You're ready. You was ready. You know what I mean? Hands up. You know what I mean? Always ready. I, I think Joey wanted to call it call in for it too. I saw <laughs> Joey, I see you lurking in the comments. He's got the link. It's your off day. Go oh. enjoy yourself. <laughs> Game time, yo. Joey Skittles. Oh, Joey Skittles. Jo Game time. How this new ticket in sight makes it easier than ever. The score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Every during the scene in that season, I never go to video online. Go to have out on play full of seasons of concert. It's all possible with a game time app. The best last-minute price drops can be found in the seats you thought that you could never, ever buy. You won't find better deals this season, y'all, to go see the Chicago's. And just like here at CHGO, created by the fans and for the fans. And it guarantees you your beautiful self out there. Yes, you! The lowest price possible. So, if you love CHGO. And we know that you do. Oh, he took Into that from <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to say, he took that one from you. I, I had it, it like on the tip of my yeah, tongue. I, know, I, I, was, I saw you. I, saw I was you. not slacking. That's not you. <laughs> then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join the 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Because K-Dub, what time is it? Game time. Who? Uh, you see that? Crushed and it. he was chewing something. Crushed oh, it. At man. the same time. That felt so good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was on it, man. Multitasking I like, like a champ. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you switch hands. Boom. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Wonderfully done, sir. Wonderfully done. Everybody on point. Whoop, whoop. Um, all right, guys. Let's uh, keep this conversation rolling and uh, – Kind of shift and look at this through the lens of DeMar's recent downturn. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, you had some splits for that as well, correct? Yeah, for young DeMar DeRozan. There we go. Pre also, and post All-Star break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keeping it simple for y'all out there. Because you can see it that way before the All-Star break. Obviously, he was doing much more. 25 a game. Four rebounds. The five assists, which I always like. The 18 field goals. That's the classic <laughs> DeMar. And the 7.5 free throw attempts. Now, after the All-Star break, Ooh, <laughs> it goes down just a little bit. The 22 a game, the three rebounds, 4.7 assists, the 15.5 field goal attempts, but the 5.7 free throw attempts, Matt. You know how I feel about these damn free throws, it's a man. significant drop. It's a, it's a huge drop, and why it's more significant for him is that is a huge part of his game, mm -hmm. is getting to the free throw line, and he's doing it a lot less. DeMar DeRozan has gone 14 straight games now with no double-digit free throws. Zero. He's in, 20, in the last 22, he's only done it once. 
The last time that happened, once again, 2019. In December of 2019, that's the last time he has gone that long without shooting double-digit free throws, man. So, again, as we were saying earlier, it's a, it's, it'd be a combo of things, you know, older, defense, you know, Zach getting off, who knows what it is. But it's dwindling on all fronts as far as his numbers are concerned. Uh, I see him trying to, you know, get his assist more because now you'll see games where he has, you know, recently you'll see his games where he has those six assists, seven assists, mm-hmm. trying to get rebounds, you know, trying to do it you know, in that kind of way. But it's still not, you know, allowing him to play his full kind of game because then it starts looking forced, Mm -hmm. you know, after a while. And then you'll see games like you saw in Detroit where he's like, no, I got to get it, got to get it, got to get it, got to go, got to take it off of this team, man. And it's it's affecting – I won't say it's affecting just him, but it's affecting the team also because they're not winning in this way. Uh, But – even when he was dominating, you know what I'm saying? They weren't getting it, the wins in that way either. I think it's just they, they have got to find that way, guys. And, and not just play together throughout the game. I'm more specifically talking about the fourth quarter. Yeah, That's where it has to be because you can find ways to get them their attempts and their you know, points and all that throughout the game. You know, no, you're on, you're on with the second unit. You know, we'll put you on here. You get your rest at this time. You know, you can go. But in that fourth quarter, you're going to have your best guys out there. That's when they have to know how to play together. That's when it has to be set up for them to do their thing. I immediately think of people like C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. That's what I think of all the time when I think of stuff like this because it didn't seem to be an issue with them in the fourth quarter, you know, when it was. It's still game time. Yeah. But, damn, McCollum was getting buckets. He would get you know big what I'm buckets, Getting yeah. huge buckets for them in that fourth quarter. They understood – uh, their dynamic and how they work together. I don't know if it's time that is the reason or if it just doesn't mesh. That could also be the reason. Or if Billy just isn't drawing it up right. That, any, any of that can be a reason. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. But I know they have to figure out a way to do this if they're still trying to make this plan. I wish I had the answer. I yeah. think Billy Donovan would say the same thing. I think the players would say the same thing. Um, it just It just feels to me like one of those cliches of there's one ball for two guys. Mm-hmm. And they're both so talented at scoring the basketball. And there just isn't offense to go around, I guess. I mean, I, I, w- I, wish, I, I, w- I wish I had something smarter to say. It just <laughs> I hate to tell you. It's, it's just difficult when it's not working like that. And I think yeah. the more it doesn't work, the more frustrated they get, the more – they want to default to their roots, which are, mm. I need to score the basketball. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm best at. Right. And I think that's part of the reason. I mean, we've talked a, a lot about consistency with this team. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger thing is, and what plays a role into consistency, is moving away from the things that you're doing well, that got you there. Okay. And that's why they're in these positions where they're blowing leads. All of a sudden, they give up, a, uh, they get a miss and a transition layup. And... Then there's another miss or a turnover, and then an offensive rebound put back. And now all of a sudden there's a four, six-point swing, and the Bulls, like, kind of lose their composure a little bit. Mm. And it's DeMar isolation time or Zach isolation time. And that gets them out of the rhythm of their offense because, as Billy Donovan has said, like, we believe we can do it Mm. because we've done it before. Mm. What we need to do is do it consistently. And so they have belief that they can get it figured out, but – when they continue to move away from it, um, 
it's it's just kind of surprising. Yeah, you know, I mean, no answers from from Will G as usual. But I'm st- like, <laughs> and I feel you, Will. Like, you can they can believe it all, you know, all they want, but it, we we got to see it at some time. Like, I got to see the work. What how do you say? Uh, like, you have faith in that, but but faith without works is dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to see the work. I'm cool with the belief. I'm cool with the faith. But we got to see it happen. And they have had multiple opportunities to find some kind of way to do it in that fourth quarter. And it just always defaults. It just right. feels like it just, like Will was just saying, like, it just feels like they go back to what they do best. It just, boom, I'm going to default. Going to the mid-range, that's what's going to happen. And I think that's exactly what Billy Donovan was kind of warning us about last year, which is like, this all looks well and good now because DeMar's making these shots, but what happens if he stops making them? He did say that. So that this was our conversation mm-hmm. last summer. What if mm-hmm. DeMar is 90% of what DeMar was last year right. and not 100? That's what we're seeing right now. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing missed game winners. We're seeing uh, opportunities where they could even get themselves into a position mm-hmm. to get an, uh, an attempt at a game-winning shot, and they're yeah. not getting them. I mean, it's just execution throughout the whole fourth quarter. That's just... I, I do think, though, it is important to point out that when it comes to DeMar in this recent downturn, it's not necessarily about his efficiency. His efficiency is still there. If you look, so again with him, I shifted the splits from pre-post All-Star because it's a, a bit bigger of a sample size, and he started to turn down in February, some of those games before, leading up to the All-Star break. So in f- 47 games spanning October and January, mm-hmm. DeMar was shooting 51.1% from the field. Okay. In 12 games between February and early March, he's shooting 51.9%. His overall shooting percentage has actually gone up a few ticks Mm. in this recent downturn as far as his production. Mm. But it speaks to what you had on your graphic, Dave, which is the overall field goal attempts are coming down a little bit. The free throw attempts are coming down a little bit. Mm. And uh, the free throw disparity in the splits that I did, October to Jan and February to present, are even more striking than your pre and post. 7.8 7.8 per, mm-hmm. 5.2 per. That's a big drop-off. Huge drop-off, man. To a guy who, as you said, is it's a big part of his offensive production. Correct. We already mentioned earlier on in this discussion the fact that his usage is coming down. Fewer free throws, fewer total uh, field goal attempts. That stuff's coming down. Also, I noticed this little troubling stat. When it comes to DeMar at the free, <laughs> throw, at the free throw line, he's not only taking fewer free throws, in February and March, his free throw percentage has fallen from 88.6 earlier this season Uh-oh. to 79. That is nearly a 10 percentage point drop at the free throw line. Where he lives. From automatic DeMar where he lives. What's going on there? That's your home. <laughs> you go to your home. He's shooting better from the field slightly. Yeah. But he's shooting 10 percentage points worse at the free throw line. What's going on, DeMar? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe that's the hip. You know what I'm saying? Coming into play. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's so many. That's why I don't fault you for saying and not having an answer. That's why I'm asking the questions. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, nobody we don't has know. an answer. Nobody has the answer. I'm looking at the comments, and everybody's got a reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody's got so many different reasons, you know what I mean, for it. But there's no real answer. Like, why is he on this level? Like, is, is it the hip? How bad is the hip? You know what I mean? How bad is it really hurting him? Is it the defense? We see how teams play him now. You know, immediately, double team, immediately, before yeah. they used to win. I do think that's part of it. Yeah. Is that the, the, again, we saw this at the end of last year. We saw it times through the course of this year already. The Bulls are easy to defend when yeah. they are as predictable as predictable. they are. Predictable. And that's, I think, why they've put the ball in Zach's hands a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. at least he can, 
he's a threat in more than just one way. Just even to that predictability, like I remember watching that Raptors game. They knew it immediately what, what the Bulls were going to do from the beginning to the end. And then I watched them against the Wizards. You know what I'm saying? The team, they're like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what Bradley Beal or Porzingis is going to do out here. We have no idea how to defend that. So, yeah, it's just messed up when you can come that you become that predictable when a team can just put that pressure on you and you fold immediately when right. you get that pressure put on you, man. Like, it's yeah, it's a tough situation. Um, all right, before we get out of here, I, I did want to just kind of throw in the – the what if question about this offseason okay. and whether or not we think either of these trends could affect the trade value attached to these two bull stars, Zach okay. Levine and, and DeMar DeRozan. The way I look at it, and I don't know if you guys have uh, a take on one of these guys specifically that you want to toss in there, but I'll toss this out first. I don't hate the fact that as the bull season is collapsing before our eyes. Mm -hmm. Zach Levine is increasing his productivity and efficiency. Okay. If the Bulls look again to explore trades for Zach this offseason because they finally admit to themselves this offseason that this core of players doesn't work. Because does the player that Zach was earlier this season, you're – hard-pressed to get anything close to what is equal value for that caliber of a player mm -hmm. was coming out of an offseason where he dealt with surgery and was sure. slumping and rusty. The Zach that we see now, as you said, Will, is a damn good player, mm -hmm. reminding us of the all-star numbers he's put up two seasons prior. That is a player you can get quality value for in the trade market this offseason. Mm -hmm. So while the bull season's falling apart, I don't hate the fact that this is the Zach we're seeing because I think it does marginally increase his trade value if they look to explore moving him this offseason. Well, what about looking at it the other way, which okay. is, damn, Zach, maybe this can be the number one option on a good team, and maybe we uh, sell on DeMar right now mm -hmm. and try to stay young because I think the problem with trading Zach is that you're, you basically are putting yourself in a situation where you have to resign Vooch, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that at this point. I think that that's what they should look to do. But you're locking yourself into a core led by a 33-year-old and a 32-year-old. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you keep Zach, you have one of the more malleable offensive players in the league who can play on and off the ball, who can score at all three levels, who can be a dynamic 30-point-a-night guy. And he's 27, 28. Yeah. So I, I do think, yes, obviously from a trade market standpoint, he is increasing his value to other teams. Mm -hmm. But I also think he's putting the Bulls in a position where maybe now they look to not just, you know, pivot into a, a retool, but they can do it around the core that they have and supplement this group with whatever they're able to get back from DeMar and or Vooch. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a younger group built around Zach that mm -hmm. also has young players that you can start to develop a little bit more because you're a little bit less ball dominant in the form of having three guys that really need the ball in their hand. And I think um, DeMar, you can still get a nice haul from. Um, one, because people around the league know it's DeMar DeRozan. Bottom line, he's still king of the mid-range. He's still that player. Like you said, still shooting 51% right. from the field. You know, like still having that. Um, they could honestly just say, well, you know, maybe he was healthy, not healthy. Give him a year to get healthy. You know what I mean? Give him off season, get healthy, get back. You know, see what we got. And I think also – especially teams who might just be 
on the verge of getting over the hump of trying to win and make a deep playoff run will also be looking at DeMar DeRozan. I don't think it's going to be those younger teams, you know, who are trying to rebuild, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. It's going to be teams immediately, I think, of the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like, just going out and getting somebody like him because they like, oh, this puts us here. You know what I mean? We're in that position now. We got our stars. Let's make that run. So I think you can still get something really nice for that. Uh, for DeMar DeRozan, I would if you make say, that, if you make that uh, decision right there. Yeah, and I'm not saying they need to trade one or both, but just from, like, you know, Arturis doing his job is taking these calls and understanding what those guys' value is around the league. I do think, to answer your original question, Matt, this is not good for DeMar's value. I mean, basically, for a guy like DeMar you have to have a specific offensive infrastructure around him, Mm -hmm. which the Bulls don't have, by the way. You need shooters, you need Mm -hmm. defenders, Mm -hmm. and you need switchability on the perimeter. The Bulls don't really have any of that. No, we 0 for 3 on those. (laughs) (laughs) Wing and a miss. (laughs) Check back later. (laughs) Like Caruso from the three-point line. Steve, right? But he has been, to January, so unbelievably good at what he does that it almost doesn't matter what's around him because he's going to shoot 52% mm-hmm. on mid-range shots right. and because he's going to get to the line nine times a game and make them at a 90% rate. Like that is such an efficient driving force of offense right. that like that fits anywhere. Right. You put you you figure it out around him. Right. That's how good he was. Yeah. And like he's still really damn good. Yeah. But it's not quite as good and I do think with and, and that's why I thought at the trade deadline would have been the optimal optimal time to move him right. because you're giving a team two playoff runs. You're giving a team a year and a half before they have to figure out an extension. Now it's one year left. Right. You're already having to start to think about right. next contract right. and, and you've value seen and dollar signs. Too, right. And you're starting to see him age maybe hit him, injuries maybe hit him, mm-hmm. or just situation hit him a little bit more than it did. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a huge issue right now. DeMar is still absolutely elite. There's a reason he was yes. an all-star. Correct. People around the league absolutely adore this guy mm-hmm. for good reason. But – it's just an interesting shift in the dynamic, as we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, because these tough decisions are going to have to happen in the offseason, whether they mm-hmm. like it or not. Like, this is what's going to have to happen because what's happening now is unacceptable uh, by our standards and definitely by theirs. And that's what's so crazy about this whole thing is we've just spent an hour talking about how freaking good at offense mm-hmm. both of these guys are. Right. How just absolutely lethal they can be at what they do and how when they're at their best, it completely changes the Bulls' outlook. Correct. At the same time, it's just not working. Right. <laughs> no. And that so is wild. that is You shot 60% from the field yesterday. You shot 45% from three yesterday. Ale. Albeit on a small volume. Oh, very and small volume. They took 22. 22. <laughs> and you lost. Ale. Ale. Zach had 42. <laughs> DeMar had 20, whatever. 20-something. Ale. You mm. still took the L. Still took This it, man. doesn't work. Um, working, bro. Yeah, I, I am fascinated to see where they go from here. I'm also curious to see if these trends of Zach like this and DeMar like this – continue through these final yeah. 17 games. Yeah, absolutely. Because that could have an even greater impact if they talk about moving one of these guys in, in the offseason. I don't think it helps the Bulls doing that. We'll see what happens. Uh, that is it for today. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Uh, hope you enjoyed this conversation. Again, Will wrote a little bit more on what Zach has been doing recently. Check it out, allchjo.com. Um, Bulls are off again tomorrow. They're going to have a practice and then fly to Denver. We will be right back here tomorrow. Same time, same place, 530 for another non-game night wow, early 30. show, 5.30 Chicago time. Yeah. We will see you then. In the meantime, you can hit us up on Twitter, Will is Will underscore Gottlieb, Big Dave. Bow! 
BAWL Sports. I'm Bulls underscore back. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out appreciation to our guy Kevin Wells filling in the production chair today. Kev, always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, I guys. I just noticed you're rocking really? that, uh, that Marquette oh, yeah. tee. Yeah. You stoked for Marquette? I thought you were going to point out the hat first. Oh, I, 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 to talk I respect about that. it. I respect it. <laughs> I saw it sitting over there. That is old school. Yeah, I am a Marquette grad. I'm hoping for a two-seed in the tourney, baby. Come whoop, on now. Whoop, right. Big whoop. East champs, Tyler Kolick, point guard of the year. So close. Might win the koozie award. Like Come on now. Guess I got to like Marquette now. We will see you all tomorrow. Hit that thumbs up on your way out if you haven't already. We appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed to CHGO Sports on the YouTube channels so you get notifications anytime we go live. Tomorrow, 5.30, we will see you then. For Kev, the GOAT, Big Dave, I'm Peck. Appreciate you. Love you, Bulls Nation. See you right. Be good.